This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, the furor over the province's move to cut Toronto City Council to 25 seats has subsided. And as you'll recall, the province's rationale, or part of it at least, was that this would save $25 million. Well, as you probably also remember, at the time there was a lot of criticism of that and the argument that each councillor will have thousands more constituents and a much larger workload and they'll need more staff and money to maintain the same level of service. Well, wouldn't you know it, city staff has come up with budget recommendations that council will get to vote on next week. So here here it is. The recommendation is that councillor staff budgets would increase to up to $482,000 from the current 241000 The councillor office budget could rise to between fifty dollars and $69,000 from 34000 General and travel budgets could rise to $21.7 million from $13.2 million. And finally, uh, they are opening the door for an increase in salary. Councillors currently make a little over $114,000 a year. The mayor makes $192,500. And so what do you think of this? Um, personally, I think uh, it's reasonable, you know, if you're in the private sector and your responsibilities and your workload go up, Usually your salary goes up too, at least eventually. So right now with me in studio, Aleem Kanji, Vice President of Government Relations for Sutherland Corporation, and Shelley Carroll, who is the incoming city councillor for Don Valley North. Hello and welcome to you both. Hi, Libby. Uh, so uh, let's start with you, Aleem. What do you think of this? You know, a doubling of, of staff and office budgets, um, what it works out to, uh, in essence, is is about $1.12 million uh, overall uh, for council. Now, that's a million bucks is a big number, right? I mean, I, I'm sure we it's could all... It's a big number for us. We could all... We, we would all use... I could use a million bucks. I'm sure, I'm sure many of us could these days. But let's keep in mind, that's a fraction of the overall $13 billion, and that's with a B, uh, operating budget. So that is... A, a fraction of of the number, and you know, council um, will decide. Uh, Councillor Carroll, along with her colleagues, will decide whether they want to move in that direction uh, moving forward. Now, let's keep in mind it's a doubling of the ward. You know, when you look at the new ward maps, um, councillors are responsible for, in in, a, in in essence, a doubling of people and and of the ward size. So. Um, you know, there, there are some that are going to say there's going to be more resources that are needed. And there will be others that say they knew what they were getting into before they ran. And they also knew the commitment from one Premier Doug Ford 
uh, to uh, to shrink the size uh, in his in, in the provincial government as they wanted to do here in the city of Toronto. Okay, I, I want to give the numbers out because I know that this can be a hot button issue. So, what do you think of this, people? Are you blaming? Uh, Assuming that blame is the right word, city councillors who are probably going to get much bigger budgets, perhaps bigger salaries, or is it a matter that maybe Doug Ford, you know, led everybody down the garden path saying that this was actually going to save taxpayers money? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Let's bring in Shelley Carroll. Hello. Hi. Well, uh, as you know, uh, this whole issue can be a really big hot-button issue with people. Uh, you yourself uh, were the brunt of some of that. W- what do you make of this? Well, there, there are two things to, to keep in mind here. First of all, the, the budget for council uh, expenses, I mean the overall expenses, their staffing, the actions they take, etc., would have increased in 2019 uh, to, to account for 47 councillors because the population has increased. This is the year in which we're finally going to reach that $3 million, uh, $3 million population mark. And so council is expanding to accommodate the number of people that need to be served. We still need to serve those people. We still need to address all the incoming development, incoming transit development, etc. And so the options put before us by the city manager are an attempt to continue to accommodate those folks. Here's where, uh, here's where things are starting to land, though. Uh, the, the, the large possible increase in council staffing is really a matter of looking at a combination of not just more calls to take from constituents, but each councillor has many more concerns in terms of the rest of the report. Each of us will have uh, uh, major committee responsibilities and bigger committees with more things going on. Well, in wait them. a minute. The, so, the, other, the other part of that report, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, this probably is of less public concern, is that, is that there will be fewer councillors sitting on boards uh, and that there will be fewer right. of these committees. And that's, that is understandable because, you know, we know that a big part of your time, mm-hmm. and this is time outside business hours, uh, is spent on those boards and committees, but that is actually going to be reduced. Except that each of those, it's not actually being uh, reduced. What is, what is happening is a lot of things are being combined. And so while there will be fewer major standing committees, each of them will have entire clusters of services. So everything from from uh, social services and, and, uh, and uh, our welfare accounts and our employment services all the way to fire services and emergency services and on and on in one. Uh, infrastructure, environment, everything to do with public works, all of those things in, in one committee. So there's a lot to absorb. So you rely on professional staff to help you do that. And so we're looking at setting up a, a staffing envelope that allows everything from a deputy mayor or a chair of a committee who may need extra help with that to a 
to a Joe Cressy or a John Fillion, people who have major chunks of Young Street and all the associated development to deal with, to be accommodated within that envelope. Some councillors won't spend it because they won't need it. And luckily, we have a very accountable system. There, We don't get to make up what we pay people. There are salary grids, supervised staff who look at our timesheets and make sure that we're accountable for how we spend our money. Some won't spend it at all. And, and uh, that money will go back to balancing the city's budget. Well, uh, I think but I, the up-to limit accommodates every anomalous situation that might arise. Uh, I, I think yeah. that makes sense because, you know, frankly, even if you have a doubling of your ward, that doesn't necessarily mean you need a doubling of your budget. You might need a little more, right, Aline? Right, depending on where uh, you are on the map. Yeah. You know, one of the things um, that that was fascinating around this the report that came out yesterday, and again, uh, council will uh, will or will not to approve this. I suspect there may be some changes that come forward. But one of the things that struck me as being really interesting is that there will now be a citizen panel, um, an expert citizen panel that will uh, decide and, and choose uh, the people uh, from from this city uh, that want to serve on various. Uh, um, agencies, boards, and commissions, you know, appointments in things that um, not exclusively, but sometimes um, that, that would reside only with elected officials will now uh, be with, with regular citizens in the city. And I think that's really interesting. And I think it shows um, the, and it and should uh, hopefully engage people um, from a civic perspective in our city. But when you look at the numbers uh, and coming back to that, um, the mayor's executive is going to shrink, and of course, Shelley Carroll was part of that executive in a previous administration. It is shrinking from 13 now down to eight. And, you know, this notion of, of a strong mayor system that was talked about um, when the province made its changes on municipal government here in Toronto, um, in effect, is, is happening. Whether uh, John Tory as mayor uh, will will publicly talk about that or not. In effect, it's doing that. It's creating a strong mayor system. And Mayor Tory will have to be very mindful when he creates... But he's still, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but he's still, he still only has one vote. But yes, obviously he has uh, more clout with, with fewer councillors. Fewer councillors and uh, 25 and only eight now on his executive. So as the mayor determines that executive, when we look at the chair uh, of the TTC, when we look at deputy mayor, finance chief, speaker, um, you know, there are eight individuals on, on an executive. He's going to have to look at balancing, you know, things like gender, geography. We don't want everyone from Scarborough or, or North York um, or downtown, for that matter. Experience as well uh, will, come, uh, will come to play. And, uh, and, um, and so those things will have to be looked at with that magical group of eight. And uh, we're going to find out shortly um, who it is. And, and it is, in effect, going to create a cabinet uh, for the mayor in uh, you know, what, I, what I think is a strong mayor system. Uh, mayor Tory may have to thank Doug Ford for, for putting him in this position. Well, actually, I remember Doug Ford was, he said just that during the whole controversy. He was saying, John Tory should be thanking me. I don't know if John Tory agreed. Uh, uh, Shelley, do you agree yeah. with that, that this goes at least some distance to creating a strong mayor system? 
Well, it does out of, you know, simple logistics. How do you, uh, how do you manage the appointments to the, the citizenry? Uh, it used to be, you know, as many as 300 nominating panel meetings over the course of a four-year term to keep all of the citizen spots and things like the TTC, Public Health Board, and, and, and so on and so on uh, populated. Every councillor was called in to take part in nominating panels. And, and there isn't going to be time to that. The good news is, though, uh, switching to setting up a citizen panel to do that uh, could be seen as an improvement on accountability. Choosing those people uh, uh, becomes a major job. Who are we setting up with that task? That was a, a change made in New York City a number of years back that has really cleaned up what was at the time a rampant uh, um, patronage appointment system. And so uh, the hope is that uh, appointing uh, citizens to the panel could become less uh, political and more, you know, experience and, and uh, attribute-based. Are you, are you a person that's perfect for the task of sitting on the library board? And are we representing the community in our choices? Well, perhaps the citizens could do just as good a job, if not better there. So that could be an improvement. The key is going to be in picking the most fair citizens to, to execute that task force. But it is going to be a big change, and perhaps one for the better. I, that's, that's my goal in this. And in my visits up and down the, the halls of the second floor, all councillors are right now in City Hall looking at, regardless of whatever was the Premier's reason for doing this, our goal right now is to make it a success. Okay, uh, let me give the numbers out again, and and people be patient. I will get to your calls, you know. <laughs> okay, so the numbers four one six three six zero zero seven forty toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. We're talking about the prospect of big increases in the budgets for city councillors and perhaps for their salaries as well. We want to hear from you. What's your take on this, Doug Ford? When he made these changes, said it would uh, save twenty five million bucks. Um, you know, if all of this goes through, it saves zero bucks. <laughs> and the, I, I didn't do the exact figuring, but uh, let's just say uh, more or less zero. More or less zero. And, you know, I want to I hit on a point that <laughs> Councillor Carroll talked about in terms of civic engagement. And, you know, we've seen the emergence of, um, in effect, what I'm going to call... And I think we're headed this way for Toronto, a party system in Toronto. And you look at civic engagement and groups like Progress Toronto that have sprung up, um, that have, you know, and that's been sort of a, a, a center, more of a left coalition uh, to put folks out there to run that has emerged in this last municipal election. We see a party um, structure in places like Vancouver, um, not so much in, uh, in uh, Toronto. Are we heading there? You know, with groups like Progress Toronto that I suspect will want to have their own people, as will folks from the right uh, and, and elsewhere on these various agencies, boards and commissions moving forward. That's one thing we're going to uh, we're going to pay attention to. And and, you know, there is also some staffing changes uh, of note uh, in the city as well, outside of of what we've talked about. And, and we are going to see uh, uh, a new chief of staff for the mayor. Uh, coming from his existing bench, Luke Robertson, who has worked for John Tory for uh, this last term, is now being promoted to chief of staff. I think that's a nod to the work that uh, that Luke has has done uh, and and the way he's conducted himself. And so, 
we're going to keep an eye on that as well, because as we know in this game of politics, you're only as good as the people that surround you. Okay, let's move along from the prospect of increased office budgets and a strong mayor uh, to the prospect of an increased salary. Now, there are a lot of people out there who think that this is just a cushy job and uh, that politicians take advantage from high of high salaries city councillors are now making over a hundred and fourteen thousand dollars a year the mayor makes 192.5 and uh, they now uh, are going to be able to vote themselves an increase uh, Shelley are you gonna vote to give yourself a raise well uh, I'm a fan of the policy that the city has now which is to say um, that you don't just vote yourself a raise, you send it out to a consultant to evaluate. Um, and that's that's not the most urgent thing to me. I want the human Spend resources more money to be on able the to consultant. do the job. Yeah, I'd, I would rather have the human resources to do the job than a raise right this very minute. I think we have a job to to prove ourselves in this new role first. And during that time, there are lots of uh, uh, consultants in the, the city who make a living off of making uh, job evaluations. Currently, we make uh, less than uh, uh, Mississauga councillors who sit on the Peel Regional Board. And I'm, I'm fine with that situation in the short run and, and let someone else look at this. I'd rather not decide my own salary, uh, as that's, that's certainly not a, a privilege that, that most Torontonians have. They're, they're going to, I think in all likelihood, um, what, what's going to happen here is a uh, consultant or a, a citizen committee will be struck to determine um, the, the salaries of councillors. But look, here's the reality. Um, it, it's a bit tricky to compare um, the, the role of, of a Toronto councillor, even to our friends up in Mississauga and in Peel, um, York Region, uh, elsewhere across uh, the GTA. And part of the reason for that is because... In, in those GTA municipalities, you've got two-tier government. Uh, you've got regional municipal, uh, the region of Peel and, and the region of York, and then you've got the city of Mississauga, and in the case of, of, uh, of York, you've got Markham and Richmond Hill and what have you. And so it is, it is a bit different. Um, and it's also different because um, in the case of, of the new group of 25 councillors, they're now taking on double the responsibility. So what's the comparator there? They haven't done that before. And so mm-hmm. that, that has to be looked at um, as well. And, uh, and just, just coming to Peel, I know this, the audience of this show extends well into uh, the 905, but we also, over the next couple of weeks, will be seeing appointments uh, of regional chairs in places like uh, Peel and York. Um, and uh, my sources are saying we're going to see um, in Peel, in the example of Peel, Councillor Nando Ionico, who stepped down as Mississauga Councillor, uh, be appointed uh, by the region of Peel as the new regional chair um, and uh, and Wayne Emerson um, up in York region continue on as the York uh, regional chair. So there's lots of, of stuff going on, of course, in Toronto, uh, but also in the 905 when we look at municipal governance changes. Okay, let's take a call from John in Brampton. Hi, John. Hi, lady. Go ahead. You're on the air. Um, okay. I, it seems to me we, we, we're playing the same tune over and over here. Um, the cost of, of council was reduced because the number of members were reduced. But all of a sudden we have certain councillors who feel that it's mandatory to blow this money as quickly as possible. I, where, where's the logic? There's almost a union mentality here. 
I didn't think these people were in a union. Okay, so you don't think that there's a good argument for them to have a bigger staff budget or a bigger office budget because they're taking care of a lot more people? Well, I don't know. We have to define taking care. What, what I'd like to see is maybe all of the counselors uh, provide us with a, with a log of, for a week or, or a month or whatever, what their activities actually involve. How much time, how many people. It sounds as though, you know, these people want enough help to, you know, to be able to provide breakfast for most of their constituents. It's not going to happen. Okay, John, thanks for that. Um, we are um, running out of time on this, uh, but, I, I you know, that's... Uh, what would you yeah. like to say to him, Shelley? Just just quickly, uh, Libby, you know, there are 25 councillors uh, on Toronto Council. Um, if, if we arrive at a $50,000 expense account, we'd only have 50 cents to spend on each constituent's breakfast. But, but I'll tell you this, any one of them would happily provide their, their BlackBerry schedule uh, to the caller because uh, uh, he would then know that it is a 50-week job with a lot of responsibility. Um, uh, it, we're very transparent about that. So he should really call his local counselor. They would probably happily share their weekly schedule. I, I have to say, I get the mayor's schedule, and it, it makes me want to scream. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd, be willing, I'd be willing to bet um, there's, there's no counselor at City Hall that's... Uh, Picking up the tap for uh, for bacon and eggs for anybody on on any morning. They just they just don't have have the time. I mean, and this goes beyond looking at potholes and garbage and planning applications. There is a lot of work that happens inside each of those councillor offices, and I would submit is going to only increase uh, through through what what we're seeing in a system of basically what's becoming two for one, two words becoming one. Um, so uh, I, I you know I, I think. Uh, I think Councillor Carroll has passed on the, uh, the bacon and eggs, and I, I suspect her, her colleagues will as well. They just don't have the time for that. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.